Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. People who in the eyes of the religious rulers, they had no... So a tax collector was essentially synonymous with a thief. So they would not only collect the taxes, but they would put their margin and their profit, and they would kind of... They had license to be unfair. And so their reputation, their universal reputation, was as thieves. Sinner, by definition, is someone who has rejected God and his ways. And so for the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they were saying these people deserve to be rejected. They were outcast to the Jews. They were saying, look, in that culture, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they wouldn't even stoop to teaching them about the, the Old Testament. So there was, there was a, a, a no association Policy. So these people are so rejected that we can't even talk to them, even about the Bible. And so they had this idea, and then they were wanting to impose this idea on Jesus. And they're saying, Jesus, you can't talk to these sinners. You can't talk to these thieves, these tax collectors. And it was all about value. In my hand, I've got a, I don't know if you can see it, I've got a five cent piece okay five cent piece so imagine i'm going to drop it on the floor imagine you're walking down the street this may have happened to you this week or recently and you're walking down and you see a shiny coin who here would stop not all of us would stop for a five cent piece right because we look at it We know the shape, we know the colour, we know the imprint. And for me, like, I'm quite a tall person, not the tallest person here, but one of them. It's a long way down, okay? I'm getting older, maybe my back is not what it used to be, okay? It's a long way down, a long way up. What would make you stop and stoop? Five cents, all right? What about this? Can I get an amen? The teenagers in the house. That's the most money I've ever seen in my life. Okay, this is real Australian currency. So for some people here, a lot of money. For other people, not a lot of money. But still, so we're walking along. And you walk along and there's a $50 coin. You look around, $50 coin, $50 note. You look around. There's no one else around, okay? Because you're kind-hearted and you, if somebody has dropped it, you want them to know, but you're all good. So what would make you... I have now those two things. What would make you stop and stoop? You would pick up this note, wouldn't you? Most of us would. Why? Because we have made an assessment of value. 
And so here's what's going on in this story, is that the Pharisees, the teachers, the religious people, are saying, hey, we've made an assessment of this person's value, and we think that these, these uh, sinners and tax collectors, we think they're five cents worth. We don't think it's worth altering the journey because these people are essentially valueless. That's what he's saying here. They're saying, these people have rejected God. They've, God, they've, they've rejected you, and therefore, the things that they've done, their past, their history, they have made them valueless. He's saying, these people, they're five-cent people. Do you know that for all of us, we like to assess value, maybe subconsciously? Sometimes we come into church and we look around and we go, oh, that person, Gwendy, she's a, she's a $50 value, Matt and Gwendy. What a like Christ-like couple, all right? They're like $50 value. Me, mm, I don't know. Maybe some stuff happened this week. Maybe we think, uh, I'm not five cent. I'm not 50 cent. Maybe I'm $10. Maybe I'm a $10 value. Like Matt and Gwendy, they're a $50 value, but maybe I'm a $10 value. And then we kind of, depending on our behavior, we like to assess ourselves. You know, maybe we're like our stock price has gone up or down. And Jesus is saying, you're not the best person to assess your value. He's saying, let me define your value. And even this, for those that has, have rejected me, he says, your rejection of God doesn't mean you are rejected by God. I'm going to say that again. Your rejection of God doesn't mean that you are rejected by God. And so this is about value. So the whole thing about God being God, if we believe that God is God, then we need to allow him to define us and our value. And guess what? You're all 50s. $50. Every one of us. We have equal value in the eyes of God. I am the pastor of this church. Does that mean that I have more value in the eyes of God than any single person here or outside this building? No, it does not. Because God wants to define our value. See, we are not included by our self-righteous obedience, the things that we do, that we think make us right in the sight of God, we're not excluded by our self-debasing disobedience. But it's God and the work of Jesus Christ, which we'll talk about, that allow us in. But there's something that is shocking about this story, and it's not even that God accepts or rejects, 
But it's this thing that God is on the front foot that he's actually seeking, that he's actually looking, that he's actually not just staying where he is, but he's coming down and he's saying, hey, you're a $50. Hey, you think that you're five cents? You're 50. You're $50. He's actually, he's active in the work. This is why Jesus, this God come to earth being active, saying, hey, you have value. I want you to see yourself the way that I see you. You have value. You are as important as any person. So we're going to look at this story, the, the parable of the lost sheep. And it's a story in three movements. And the first movement is recognition of loss. Okay, that's the first movement. Now, this is a story about sheep. Sheep aren't stupid. Okay, we would associate that potentially with sheep. Do you know that sheep, that uh, scientists have studied sheep, and sheep can actually recognize facial expressions? There's been studies that have been done. And they prefer a smile. You can look this up. You can fact-check this. All right. Who else prefers a smile? I prefer a smile. If I'm going to have an option, I'd like to be known as someone who smiles. So they feel emotion, sadness, anxiety, joy. There's 1.2 billion sheep on the planet right now. Most of them, okay, you're thinking New Zealand? False. All right. China. China has the most sheep, 200 million sheep in China, okay? Hopefully that's not the only thing that you remember about this message, but that is an interesting... <laughs> couple of other things about sheep. Sheep are delicious. Can I get an amen, particularly lambs? All right, I don't want you to start salivating, come back from lunch, if maybe some of you have got a, a lamb roast in there. Sheep are very valuable. And so at the time that this was written, sheep were a sign of wealth. Okay, a sign of wealth, uh, a source of food, obviously, and also a well-known occupation. So being a shepherd was something like, we don't often like, hey, how are you? My name's Andrew. What do you do? I'm a pastor. What do you do? I'm a shepherd. Okay, in this part of the city, probably not. But back then, agricultural society more common, so people knew what it was like. To lose a sheep, it's costly. Even if you've got a hundred, if you've got a hundred sheep, you're like a, you're a millionaire. That's a lot of sheep. You lose one, that's a big impact, okay? So very, very valuable. The first thing that God wants us to understand in this passage, and Jesus wants us to understand, is that we need to see people as more valuable than things. So Jesus is saying, look, it's logical that if you had a hundred sheep, one goes. It's super logical that you would go and get that sheep because there is a recognition of loss. That sheep is valuable. How much more value is a person, is a person, right? Not a, not a five-cent person. Everybody, a, a $50 person. How much more? Because of the value 
These people were saying that, that these people, they're, they're less value than a sheep, than a bit of property. Jesus is saying we need to recognize loss. Now this sheep, sheep have three defense mechanisms. The first one is the herd. The second one is the kick. And the third one is the ability to navigate rocky terrain. So for the sheep to wander away, the chances of survival are less. So if we were in snow country and we had an avalanche, okay? If you are stuck under an avalanche and you get found and dug out in the first 15 minutes, your chances of survival are about 90%. If you get dug out within 45 minutes, your chances of survival are 20%. Only one in every five would survive. If it's two hours, your chances of survival are 0.0001 something. You almost have a no chance of survival. And so why do, why do I say that? In this passage, there's an urgency. There's an urgency. So this sheep is lost. It's alone. It's vulnerable. And so the shepherd says, I need to take action. I need to have urgency. I've been watching this uh, documentary about a basketball coach in America, and he's coaching some uh, kids in a community college. He's a really, really good coach, not paid very well, but he coaches them and holds them to this incredibly high standard. A lot of his coaching, and if you've ever done any coaching, a lot of his coaching is about urgency. It's about practicing. It's about living with urgency. When uh, the, there's a, a, a break in play, when they, the, there's a turnover, instead of just jogging back, he's wanting them to, to go with urgency. And that's that same sense that Jesus is saying, do we have an urgency about someone who is lost? Because he's saying God's heart, God's nature is not just to be like, oh, I've got, I've got 99. I've still got 99. It's not to be passive, but it's to live with this sense of urgency that I've got a responsibility to do something about the person who is lost. There's three things about this search. The first thing is it was, it was risky. So this search, he had to leave the 99. He had to leave the line. There was some rich, uh, risk attached to it. The second thing is it was persistent. The, the passage says he searched until he found it. He didn't just go, ah. Oh, 99, yep, I had a look, good job. He had this urgency around and he was persistently looking for what was lost. Why? Because it's valuable. And the third thing is, was that it was joyful. He put it on his shoulders, he carried the burden of that search, but he did it with joy. Who knows that looking for the lost is a burden? There is weight that you have to carry. But God's saying, I want this to be a joy because that's who I am.
That's my heart. Can I talk to the, the people of our church, if you call this church your home, just for a minute? Do we carry this urgency for people who are lost? Not everybody is an evangelist. Not everyone would call themselves that. But can we make a contribution? Could you do something as simple as taking an invite to Easter? What would that cost you? Possibly maybe a little pride. Probably not too much of a little time. Could you send someone a text message saying, Hey, come. Come to me with church. If you're not going to be here next, next week, then another week. Do we carry this same urgency when we see a person and when we consider eternity and we consider that it's possible that this person could be lost for eternity, are we willing to go out of our way to risk something, to be persistent and to do it all with joy? Can I encourage us that we need to carry the heart of Jesus Christ for people. Sometimes, all of us, myself included, we can get caught up in the day-to-day. What you do during the week is incredibly important. But make a space, make a window. Ask God, hey God, who could I invite? Allow Him, partner with Him. But as a church, our heart and our future is to say, hey, the people around us, they're valuable. I'm going to risk something. I'm going to go out. And I'm going to do it with joy. I'm going to invite someone even if they reject me. I've put a couple of invites out to some, uh, some of the guys that I know through my son's uh, soccer teams and invited. I don't know if they're going to come. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to ask them. Can I ask and invite you? into this. This is God's heart. The third stage of this is celebration. What makes God happy? People thought what makes God happy is precision, is a checklist, is me obeying all the rules. And Jesus radically redefines what makes God happy and says God's actually celebrating when lost people are coming home. The religious leaders, the teachers of the law, they're like, God is happy when we're following the rules. That's essentially it. The better that we can follow the rules, the happier that God will be. But Jesus says, no, God's happy when lost people come. He celebrates. There's joy. There's fun. He's happy when lost people Come home. I'm going to invite Zach back to on the guitar as we finish up. How would we connect to God? Or if you were explaining this to someone in your week and they said, yeah, I understand what you're saying about loss and I'm starting to get a picture that I'm valuable to God. How do we come back? This passage uses the word repentance. In this context, it's admitting that we are lost without God. God is seeking us. Romans 3.11 says, There's no one who understands. 
and no one who seeks God. So God is seeking us. God is looking for us. Jesus says, Luke 10, uh, Luke 19:10, I came to seek and save the lost. In John 10:11 it says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus's heart that he's the one calling the lost in. Calling the lost in. Can I ask, can I invite you to start to see people? Think of the person that you don't like the most in the world. This is going to be hard for some of you. That person is valuable to God. You want to start with somewhere to pray? Pray that God meets that person. Pray God, that person encounters God's love. For some of you, that, that is, that's brutal because you don't know what that person did to me. That person is a $50 That person is a $50. Here's what I want to say. You're a $50. Some of you come week after week. You're still not convinced. That's okay. We're going to keep telling you. You're a $50. You've been hurt. You've been rejected. You've made mistakes. You're a $50. You think you're a five cent. You think people walk on you. Instead of the opposite of picking you up, stomp on you, spit on you, put you in the mud, kick you around. You're not a five cent. You're a $50. You are valuable to God. Why are you valuable to God? Because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Here's what Jesus did. We are all, because of our sin, not worthy of Jesus. But he stopped and he stooped. This is the message of Easter. Jesus stops, he stoops. He picks up the five cent. And he says, if you receive me, I'll restore you. I'll take that five cent. I'll make you a $50. And that's what you are. I'm going to say this a couple of times because I think some of you need to hear it. You're a $50. That person that you despise is a $50. That person that hurt you, as hard as it sounds, in the eyes of Jesus, they're a $50. It doesn't make what they did right or good. But when we start to see the value when we start to see our value when you look at the mirror and go yeah I've got mistakes but in Jesus I'm a $50 how's that change then we can see others this is my fail safe every person this is one of the fun things I do when I catch up with people and disciple them I get them to think of the person that They despise and pray for them. Things change. Their heart changes. That person, the hooks that that person have in their heart begin to get released. And there's power. And there's life. Here's what I'm saying for our church and our future.
We're a church that values people. We're a church, we don't always get this right, but we see the unique value that God has placed and we encourage each other. And in our weeks, we send each other text messages or give each other calls and say, hey, I want to let you know, Twinkie, you're valuable. Dan, you're valuable. Matt, you're valuable. And you're like, oh, I had a rough day at work. Some people were really annoying me. Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you go out of your way to love on them? You've got a difficult customer or client. Say a quick prayer. This is what it means to, to see people the way Jesus does. And then take action. Take action. Let's pray together as we close. Uh, before I pray genuinely, uh, I'd love everyone to bow their heads and, and close their eyes. I want to pray for anybody here and uh, you don't have to put up your hand. Um, you'll know who you are. But if you have been experiencing anxiety and even panic attacks or bordering on panic attacks, if that's you, there is some agitation in your spirit. The power of God is here to meet you where you are and to bring peace and life to what's happening in your life. So God, we just release that. We release that. Your presence in this place, those that are struggling with anxiety. Lord, I pray that they will get fresh perspective that you are with them, that you are for them. People around you probably wouldn't even know this. But God knows and he wants to meet you. Thank you, God. Today I want to give an opportunity for anyone who has never taken that first step to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to open up some space within my mind and my heart for you to uh, work within me so that I can make a choice to accept you. If that's you, would you help me just by lifting your hand wherever you are and say, hey, that's me. I want to take that first step in following Jesus. Is there anyone here who wants to do that? Awesome. Awesome. Lord, we pray right now for anyone here who has not seen themselves in the way that you've seen them. They've seen themselves as less. They've seen themselves as a five cent or a 50 cents. Lord, we pray right now. It's by your grace. It's not by our effort. Lord, we pray we take off the Christian list, the things that we think we need to do. We're in already. We're in by Jesus, not by the things that we've done. And Lord, we just pray your grace would sweep across this room. Lord, for those that are struggling with things of the past and difficult things and difficult people, Lord, as difficult as it is, we pray for our enemies. We pray for those that have hurt us. We forgive those that have hurt us. 
because we want to be like you and because we want to be free from their power over us. In Jesus' name. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. It's okay, I'm just going to wait one more minute where the presence of God is here and just allow Him to move within you. If you hear His voice saying, hey, I want you to take a step in forgiving somebody, I encourage you, take that step. There's goodness on the other side. If He wants you to take a step in seeing yourself in a different light and being okay, that you're a $50 value. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Here's what we're going to do. If you would like prayer, if you if you God's doing something and you want someone just to partner with you and just say, can someone stand in faith with me? I'll be here and there'll be some other people that will be here at the front. They can pray with you. Uh, our team are going to bring some food to you and some tea to you uh, and there. And so that's going to be great. Don't forget about next week. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.